0: Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bins Extra. This is the second of our transfer specials. We are going to keep you updated right the way through January. How's things, lads? How you doing?
1: Feeling good, boy. Ten points ahead of Chelsea. Feeling good.
2: Yeah, feeling good, lad.
0: Glad to hear. Glad to hear, boys. Lads, to hear. Look, the January transfer window already has been in, in, in full swing. Um, I'm going to come to a deal that was sort of broke there today, lads, and it seems to be moving quite quickly for Man United. Um, Martin Dubravka has been recalled by Newcastle United, and it appears that Jack Butland is going to come in as the the backup for the second half of the season. Connor, I'll come to you first. Would you rather Butland or would you rather Dubravka? Which 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 player sticks out um... in your mind more?
2: Well, like De Brakva, or Debraca, I can't even say his name. He he was very poor in the League Cup game. So maybe Butlin's a better choice. It's just he obviously he got recalled, but I think that was his choice. Like I'm not a hundred percent. I think he wanted to go back because he wasn't getting any game time. He wasn't even getting any, like he got in that league. He won't he won't be playing he wouldn't have been playing probably in the quarter final of the league cup this week. So um I feel, it's, a, it's a good question because he like Butland I think they got him from Palace and he's not yep. even starting for them so yep. it's a backup it's just there in case he's a bit of experience he's play for like obviously Stoke um, either or really I just seen Ten Hag was just making sure they have a goalie because last year I think for Ajax um, they got all three goalies um, injured at the end of the season and, and then they do or they lost the cup final and all so he's just making sure we have goalkeepers so I think but Butland's okay. He'll, he'll do for the till till the end of the season, and then we'll hopefully maybe invest in a better goalkeeper, better backup.
0: Yes, no, look, completely, completely agree with you there, Connor. Oren, would you be a wee bit nervous though that the signing of a goalkeeper might take away from the signing of a striker, or do you think that look, regardless of this signing, United are very much still in for a, a striker this January?
1: Oh, yeah, and no, look. We needed to sign a backup after Dubrovka left. We were paying Dubrovka's uh, wages well, anyway, you so a six-month loan for Bolton is just going in to be world around comp. the same price anyway, like, um, um, so the wage purchase was is going to be the exact same and there's started. no option to buy at the end of it. Whether that turns into an option buy, who knows. Um, <laughs> right,
3: look, I do know what's going on it's here. It's a backup
1: option. <laughs> we needed another keeper. Um, Hello. <laughs> and look, Bolton made 17. That sounds like a fucking swing though, doesn't it? Uh, he, he's playing well and it, he, right, he stepped up any um, in the absence of Vincent Guarda, who I think is a phenomenal my, goalkeeper. My mouth way. is around <laughs> the microphone. Yeah, yeah, like he, he's just, always been around this season, so it, it doesn't surprise me that Butland hasn't got games. as far enough. <laughs>
3: on, but hereby. I
1: know from Butland's perspective, he's probably looking at it look, I'm going to be in the best. Oh, or do you take this one, I get the, the technical best, difficulty sorted. I know it's one i would be picking, especially when the United have such an opportunity to win trophies this season. Especially with the Carabao Cup still. Like, he could make his debut on Tuesday, who knows? Um, But no, look. Everybody knows Manchester United need a striker. Um, they're in for the likes of choupo and Depay and stuff. Like, it is just going to be a six-month thing, no matter what. Um, Whether it leads to an extra year or whatever. Um, But it, it'll definitely, definitely not take away from the striker search.
0: Well, look, completely, completely agree with you, Oren. Look, there's a few names, but sort of flying around at the minute Um, in terms of, of strikers for Man United. Obviously, we have uh, the, the big link with Joe Felix, um, Memphis Depay himself, Eric maxim Moting um from from Bayern Munich. I've seen a name actually crop into the, the equation over these past couple of days as well. Olivier Giroux. Owen, I'm going to come to you <laughs> with this. Talk me through it. What does Olivier Giroux bring to Man United if he signs?
1: McCurley, you in a fucking swimming pool. (laughs) (laughs) No one can hear you, like.
2: Yeah, well, it's just, it's just, just a bit far away from bad, your mic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just far yeah. away from your mic. No. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, are you are you deep throat in the mic? Right? Yeah, well,
3: <laughs>
2: sounds a bit dirty, lad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you what, then,
0: Orin. Again, Orin, I'll. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> Owen, I'll come to you first, then before yeah, I go to yeah. Owen. Look, look what, what do you think about Giroud coming to Man United? Is it realistic? Um, no. and, and do you think he adds he adds much to Man United's attack?
1: Look, if he's saying for United, he's going to guarantee you one thing, and that's goals. And, uh, he's going to guarantee you another thing, and that's beauty. But um, <laughs> no, uh, he, he's not going to say. I know he's not going to say. So I'm not even going to get my hopes up. He's he's got his heart set on another. A contract at AC Milan and to be honest that's probably the best thing for him because he's, he's playing on rail out there um, and he wouldn't want to like if I was Drew I'd still be wanting to maximise my chances in the national team whether that's his aspirations or whatever Um, he's going to have a better chance of doing that at AC Milan than if he does come to United um, yeah. so I, I, don't, I don't see it as a realistic transfer at all to be honest.
0: What yeah. do you think then Connor? Do you I think you, yeah. Look in, in terms of in terms of that natural number nine, like Giroud would still guarantee United goals. Do, do you think it would be worthwhile for United to invest in the likes of oh, Giroud? I,
2: I think Giroud would be good for six months, but I agree with Oren. I think he's going to stay at AC Milan. I think he likes it there, and obviously he's going to start for them. With Man United, he might not start every game, and as Oren was saying, he wants to stay in the French squad. So, I do think he'd be good for United, though, because obviously he's good yeah. He's good yeah. at holding yeah. the ball up, aerial he, he's a real threat. He gives something different to Man United, because Martial doesn't really bring that. He doesn't bring that, like, physicality, really, you know, which would... And he's played in the Premier League, and he's played well in the Premier League for Arsenal for years, and he was even very good at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. So he would be a great signing, but I do think he will stay at AC Milan, and I think more likely maybe Felix. I know they're saying about we're only offering three and a half million for the loan and they're looking way more than that, and they're looking us to pay his wages, but maybe something could be agreed. Hopefully. Look,
0: want, look, I'll, I'll come to you, hopefully you're done um, deep-throating your mic there, um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll come to you with this one. Who, who do you think suits Man United more, Giroud or Felix?
3: Can you hear me, first of all? Yes, we can. Yeah. we can. Happy days, happy days. Um, Obviously, you know how much I love Olivier Giroud, mm-hmm. um, but... Obviously, a player like Jay Felix will shoot, suit the football. Ken Haig wants to play a wee bit more than a player like Olivier Giroud. Giroud, for a team like United, would be great coming off the bench, looking for a goal, get the ball in the box, and uh, he'll make something happen. But for, if you want to play pressing, passing football, a player like Jai Felix suits that a lot more than Olivier Giroud would.
0: Yeah, look, I think that's 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 totally fair enough. Look, I'll move it on from Monday night at here, lads, and, and I'll go to what's turning out to be one of the biggest sagas of January. Just seen there earlier today for Britzu Romano Porter that reported that the Enzo Fernandez to Chelsea deal is now off. Look, is there any way this guy leaves Benfica in the summer, or is this a summer transfer, Oren?
1: Um no, he's, he's not leaving in January. Like, um, Benfica made it very clear that if he's to leave in January uh, someone has to pay his full release clause of £106 million or €127 million. Euros. Um, and I can't see anybody paying that money because in my opinion it's ridiculous money. Um, he's not worth it off the back of one World Cup. This, like Benfica signed him for £10 million in the summer. How someone can go in and invest that much money is, is beyond me but or sorry invest 127 million i, I should be clear uh, is beyond me um look a summer transfer is definitely gonna happen uh he's not gonna stay at benfica beyond the summer but um it doesn't surprise me that the the chelsea thing is broken down and i've seen that the benfica director i think it was said that Chelsea were disrespectful, that they came in saying that they were going to pay the release clause and then they tried to negotiate, which messed about with the players' head, which isn't right to do either. Um, But yeah, I think this is a summer transfer.
0: Yeah, look, it's I I I'm on the same side as you are, and I think it's a lot of money to pay for a player who's, look, he's had a good six months at at Benfica, but realistically, you know, a, a good World Cup shouldn't determine an an over one hundred million pound transfer mm-hmm. price. Connor, obviously, if he does go in the summer, it's going to be an open race. What clubs do you expect to be in for somebody like Enzo Fernandez?
2: Yeah, I'd say all the top clubs will be in for him. That's probably why Chelsea are trying to get him now because they're not going well. They need like an impact player, and they probably think this is the best time to get him because in the summer he'll be probably even he could be more expensive or he'll obviously have more competition. Probably like you'll have United will be in for him. I see where we're linked them heavily. Um, obviously Bayern Munich teams like that. Uh, it is crazy though. I think they got him for like ten million Mm -hmm. in in the summer I've seen like Wolves and all were linked to him, and they were trying to get him in the summer and oh, right. now yeah we we're trying to get him and now he's going to like he's, he's going to be over what is it 120 million euros yeah um, which is crazy as Orn was saying as well that there's been a there's like for Chelsea as well it will be difficult in the summer because obviously they've they've obviously the Benfica's not happy, they've broken down the deal, they've tried to be smart, they try to get like cheaper for him. It hasn't worked out, so I, I actually think you could probably rule them out of it because why would Benfica want to work with them in the summer when they'll have so many other suitors like?
0: Yeah, agreed, lad. Absolutely agreed. And they um, won't have Champions League football. Yeah. Oh and look, we we watched a lot of Argentina at the World Cup. Um what 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 sort of side do you think Enzo Fernandez would suit is he a high presser is he all action what do you make of of Enzo Fernandez?
3: well obviously he, he was young player at the tournament at the World Cup there and rightfully so um, he is one of these all action midfielders uh, you see that the way Argentina played at that World Cup it was all action Argentina kind of played us against the world which suited his style of play I'll be honest I see him going to Real Madrid because Modric and Cruz are obviously going to going to be gone at some time and i know they have tucumeni and camavinga but i think fernandes would offer them something different from them too and i think that if real madrid is going to continue the way they're going and prove the future he'd be a great signing for them obviously in the summer more and more big clubs are going to come in for him so i can see what canard said about chelsea wanted to get the deal done now so when they need him so he still learn need him but obviously if benfica see that chelsea has disrespected them then they're not going to want to work with them again.
0: Yeah, totally fair enough, lad. But he,
2: totally he also seems to be like a big game player because he came into that Argentinian team when they were under pressure and he wanted the ball and he performed against Mexico when he turned their tournament around. So he will he is going to be a top player. So he is I, going I, to cost a lot of money.
0: Yeah, I agree, Connor. I have no doubts about that. Enzo Fernandez will be one of the top midfielders in European football. Um, He, he has a lot of attributes that Again, sides like Chelsea could completely use. Um, I think, boys, honestly, in my personal opinion, look, I don't think Bellingham's going to go to Liverpool, but I could see Liverpool maybe investing in Enzo Fernandez. Um, as maybe uh, one of the long-term replacements within Liverpool's midfield and, and to me he just I, I think under Klopp he would absolutely excel, he showed it at the World Cup he showed the levels that he can perform to and I, I do just think he's sort of like a Klopp's like ready-made type player, I, look I don't know if you agree with me or disagree with me but I could, I could definitely no, see him I, I,
2: I would agree with that because I think Liverpool are missing that kind of energy and intensity in midfield that physicality and I think he yeah. would be perfect for that Um. It'll just be like, will they, will they put the money in? It depends probably on their new owners and stuff. But if they have the money there, they will definitely be in for him because, as you seen the other night against Brentford, they were brutal in midfield and they're getting overrun, and he will help to stop that.
0: Will he cost as much as a hundred and six million in the summer? Do you reckon, lads?
1: Depends, because so. a lot of clubs are going to be in for him. Yeah, I think so he'll be able to drive a hard price, like. Um... It it could genuinely just take someone to pay his release close. Yeah, are
3: Benfica, I mean, still, are Benfica still in Europe? Are they? Yeah, they're in the Champions League. Yeah, they're in the Champions League. So so yeah. If,
2: so if Benfica he keeps performing for up. them, yeah,
0: yeah, he's he's definitely one of those ones to to look out for in the future, and and I think that'll be a big saga um over the summer. All right, lads, I'll move it on then. So Chelsea very active in the market. Um, have signed David Datro Fulfana, um the young striker who is performing. Absolutely, amazingly this year. Um, and they've confirmed the signing of uh, Benoit Badashile um, today. That signing's done and over the line, so he's going to come into Chelsea's back line. But seems to be a little bit of a, a, a standoff between Chelsea and Arsenal at the minute for the signing of Mudrik. Um, obviously, that this is a player we've talked about quite a bit on on the 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 bottom bends Premier League episodes, uh, a player that we talked quite heavily about um, last week in the first transfer special, Mcardle. Where do you see Mudrick ending up in January? Because it does seem as though January is going to be the window that he moves.
3: Um. Well, obviously he's been with Arsenal now for a good while, which is concerning from an Arsenal point of view that the business has been done so far but there's been no, nothing come out of it and obviously Chelsea still have that buying power and um, I feel Chelsea are a wee bit desperate at the minute for creative attacking players so if it was to develop into a bit more I feel Chelsea would be more willing to pay up and beyond for him look at obviously Mujic's a great player we've seen his performance in the Champions League he is by far Schachter's best player he, everything good Schachter done he was involved with he's he he likes to take the ball and run at players which he don't see as much anymore he's frightening pace he could be a player that's going right to the very top and i do feel it's a bit concerning for arsenal that they haven't got this deal done and if chelsea are sniffing about and if it does develop into a bit more i'll see him end up at chelsea
0: it's interesting owen there that you've actually that that, that you've you've talked about chelsea's lack of a a creative spark because i think even if they sign mudrick they still lack that creative spark i completely agree with you mudrick is the type of player to to, to drive it man but as as we said oren um on the podcast the other day obviously mudrick is not really known for being that build up or that link up mm-hmm. player he is normally the guy at, at the him, end yeah. of chances that finishes yeah. the move look Taking aside, uh, like, um, bias and stuff and, and which team you'd rather sign for, where is Moodrick more effective? Is he more effective at Arsenal or is he more effective at Chelsea?
1: Arsenal, 100%. Um, and even if it is, even if Moodrick is a player that Chelsea need, if in their opinion, not like, but if Chelsea think, oh, look, Moodrick is one we need to progress further, that may be so. But to me... A lot of football, especially these days, is in your head rather than on the pitch. And Mudric has his heart set on Arsenal. Like even thus, before the Chelsea and uh, City game, which I know the Shakhtar director was at um, for talks with Chelsea. Mudrick's latest Instagram post, like, sorry, his latest like on Instagram was an edit of him with uh, Arsenal badges all around him. With and it was an Arsenal fan page wishing him happy birthday, and that was his latest like. So, to me, that screams I want to go to Arsenal Football Club. And if you want to go
0: somewhere, you don't want to end up somewhere else. Yeah, agreed, lad. Agreed. Connor, look, mudrick is undoubtedly one of the most exciting talents, um, one of the most exciting young prospects in in world football. Um, so many great attributes to his game. If he does go to Arsenal. Is he the type of signing that pushes them on towards the title, or do you still think there's something else within the, the Arsenal side that's that's maybe lacking from being title winners?
2: Um, I would say probably another midfielder would be needed. Just I think we were speaking about this last week, just in case Party got injured or Shaka got injured, because I think they're missing that kind of backup. Because I think there's such a gap between Party and El Nani. Um, I think as I think, as you were saying as well, Madrick is definitely. I think Arsenal is the team you should go to. I think, as you were saying there as well, uh, Chelsea are missing like more creative player, um, like a speedy player that's coming in. Obviously, he's a great player and all, but I don't know if he would suit Chelsea as much as he would Arsenal. Arsenal are full of confidence as well; they're top team. He obviously has his heart set on it. Uh, I think Arsenal do need to look at a midfield option because if there was an injury in the team, uh, they could even go for another striker. You, Felix, maybe. I know Jesus is coming back in March and Enkedia hasn't played too badly, but we even seen it last night when they're, they were off it a bit last night, you know, Martinelli and um, Saka. And when Nkedia got the chance, he missed it. Uh, so I think a midfielder would also be essential, like a CDM.
0: Yeah, look, I could see that definitely being the case as well, Connor. I, I completely agree with you. Um, you know, it's probably one of the biggest criticisms labelled at Arsenal this year. Not that their performances are poor and not that their league position dictates this, but there is maybe that just apparent lack of, of squad depth as opposed to maybe, you know, other sides in, in the Premier League. Um, but look, I'm I'll I'll move it on here, um lads. So a couple of a couple of interesting transfers that have been done then so far, um, this this window. And I I just want to get your your overall sort of sort of feel about them. Look, this one has sort of done the rounds um on social media these last couple of days. Everton have recalled um Alice Sims from Sunderland. This is a guy that scored seven goals in the championship so far this season. And obviously look, we we we've seen it with Everton so often that their their forwards just aren't producing at the minute. Owen oh, a guy like Sims with seven goals in the championship, do you see him coming in and making making a real impact on Everton's first team?
3: Well, I, I remember Sims when he was playing for Hearts. Um, I was watching him all the time against Celtic. And he, he always calls us bother. Like, he's a big-bodied forward, but he's not slow. Um, I think he would... Everything, just the need attackers, the need goals to come from somewhere. So, I don't see... It's kind of a low-risk option to recall Sims. You're not p- spending big money to bring somebody in. If it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. Um. if it does work out then it's a great decision i i think it could be effective for some uh, for everton sorry like we do know the championship is one of the hardest leagues in the world and yes there's players come from the championship who done well in the championship and didn't perform in the Premier league but as i said there's no risk for Everton to bring them back so i think it could be effective for them
0: yeah totally fair enough totally fair enough connor look Everton do just have this apparent lack of of goal threat at the minute. Look, obviously, Demarai Gray scored that worldy um last weekend, and and a fantastic goal. Probably, probably will end up the goal in the month um for this month. But yeah. they do just have this this apparent lack of goals within the side. Gordon doesn't really look like he's going to finish much. Calvert Lewin and Rondon were both sitting on one Premier League goal each um Can in the Premier League. Comment, um. <laughs> And
2: Mope has been very disappointing this year too.
0: Yeah, Mope again, only one Premier League goal as well. Rondon has now left the club. Um, this is a little bit of a um low risk um and recalling a player like Sims, but is he ready to make the step up, or do you think maybe this is a that this is a bad idea?
2: I feel like that's as honest in there. Like, there's no real risk in it. You might as well go for it. I seen they were linked to Danny Ings as well on loan, but I think that's been that's fell through. They do need a striker. They're not going well. They're not going to be an attractive option for players. So if he's in your books, just a bit of competition because Lewin is a good player. But he just can't stay fit. He can't um, stop getting injured. Uh, if he could get a few games behind him, he will probably score goals. As was said, Mope has been very disappointing. He came in, you thought he would have got a few goals at, at Brighton. He was a decent player, but he just hasn't done it. And Everton need goals because they are struggling at the minute. I know they've got a good result against... City but they got battered there by Brighton and Lampard's job is on the line so he's doing anything he can to keep it yeah Uh, so he he has to do everything and that's it's probably like a last resort really and he has no other option
0: yeah agreed lad agreed Oren I'm going to come to you with with another transfer that's sort of doing the rounds at the minute this is a a guy who was a little bit of a a world cup hero there for for Croatia um over the winter and um, has been sort of a real consistent performer within European competition over the last few years. And look, we're all avid FIFA players here, and this guy's always good for our headliners or a few team of the weeks um, every year. Mislav Orsic looks like he's going to go to Southampton. What do you make of that?
1: Brilliant signing. Absolutely brilliant signing. Um, <coughs> played six times in the World Cup for Croatia this year. Scored a worldly. Croatia as well um, look he's good for a goal and in the Champions League this year he, him, I remember him watching him against Chelsea and it was as if he played against Chelsea on his own he was fantastic Um, I remember two years ago or three years ago maybe uh, he was linked with West Brom for 8 million when they were in the championship and I was thinking how have they not snapped them up they had agreed and all and it didn't it fell through um, look, it's a no risk signing for Southampton, they need some goals and this this is a fella, even though he's 30 and it's against their transfer policy, um, this is a fella who's going to come in and give them the much needed experience, European experience crucially, um, and, and international experience of course. Uh, it's a no risk signing for Southampton, Six millions, not a lot for him and I would highly doubt he's, re- he's uh, requiring big wages to go to Southampton. Um, look, no, I think it's a brilliant signing. Um. Hopefully, you can push on Jay Adams a bit more as well.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, with anything you've said there, Owen. Definitely, I think it is no risk at all, Owen. Orsic has has been a player that has been tired by a lot of English clubs over the last few years. Are you surprised that you know a relegation suffering in Southampton? Were the team to to nip in for him? Could you see him playing at a at a better level than that?
3: Yeah, I can. The fact, that Oren says, there are these thirty years of age, and it's taken him this long to get a move to the Premier League is staggering. Really, look at you see him in Europe all the time. Was it last last year or two years ago? Maybe, uh there Zagreb were playing Tottenham in the knockout rounds, and he came up, he scored a hat trick. Come off the bench, scored a hat-trick. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It yeah, just yeah. doesn't... I don't... I'm actually really surprised when Orange is 30 years of age and he hasn't got a move, big move yet. Um, I, like, look at Southampton, or bat relegation, they need goals to come from somewhere. And Orsic is always good for a goal. Or i saying that there. You'd think, like, a team higher up in the table. Maybe I can maybe understand the top sides not snap them up due to the age of them. But you'd think maybe, like, a the likes of a Brighton or a Villa... Or like those types of teams that are up at the the mid table ranges would be the type of play- team to go for their player of this caliber. It's a great signing for Southampton. So I am surprised that a bigger team hasn't snapped him up.
1: He's got eighty eight
2: shooting on FIFA. It's it's mad that he's only away for six million. Like he scored against um Chelsea in the Champions League this year as well. Yeah, yeah. So Seems he's brilliant against Chelsea. he's he's a he's a very good player, and he, he scored I think once in every or once in every two games for uh Dynamo Zagreb. I'm surprised. Actually, I'm surprised as well. He hasn't got a bigger move. I know you were saying he was linked to West Brom a few years ago, but he seems like a top player. And for Croatia, he was decent in the World Cup as well. So, Southampton have got a good player there and they need him because Shea Adams has been brutal this year and Southampton are not scoring many goals and they just lost to Forest last night, so they're under serious pressure. He's brutal too. They have no experience either. As we were saying a few days ago, Southampton went really young. And they got rid of like Romeo, who was their vice captain and all, and their leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they went really young, and it's they need experience because well, they're they're looking at certain relegation. If well, that's
0: it. I completely agree, lad. Like Orsic, it it's completely no risk because look, if he doesn't work out, you've only paid six million for him, and if it does work out, it looks like a genius move from Nathan Jones. Orsic is like he showed it at the World Cup, he, he there's quality there and there's no reason why Orsic couldn't succeed in the Premier League. He does have a lot of those traits, um, traits that, that a lot of modern-day forwards have. He's quick, he's good on the ball, uh, and he's decisive in the final third, which is what Southampton have, have lacked a lot this season. They haven't been decisive in the final third and a guy like Orsic definitely could come in and kickstart their attack, really. um. Look, lads, again, a- another big, big news story that's been doing the rounds today. Um, Moises Caicedo, he has got new agents um, in through the door. And Fabrizio Romano reported earlier that he is currently considering his next move. Now, never stated that he was going to leave in January or whether it would be the summer. What? Never really stated what the situation was other than he's got new agents. Can anybody nip in in January? And if so... Where could you see Caissetto playing, Oren?
1: Liverpool. Um, I'd be very surprised if at the end of this window, Moses Caseto isn't a Liverpool player. Um, I've seen so many reports uh, on Twitter and online and stuff that Liverpool have submitted a bid last week and it still hasn't been rejected or accepted. Uh, and I'm assuming now that that is because of the change of agents. Um. Look, we talked about it with Enzo Fernandez, and uh, Liverpool just need reinforcements in that midfield. They can't rely on players like James Milner, Keita, and Ox- Oxley Chamberlain, three players as well who are, <coughs> excuse me, who are leaving uh, the club in the summer. By the looks of things, um, they need reinforcements. I can't see them getting Enzo Fernandez. Can't see them getting him in the summer either, um, because. I can't see Liverpool being in the best position to get him in the summer. Um, especially if other clubs even man united. Just depending on league positions at the end of the year. Um, yeah, no, I'd be surprised if Moisteto is still at Brighton and I'd be even more surprised if he isn't at Liverpool.
0: Yeah, fair enough, lad. Fair enough. Connor, obviously Caissado, look, we watch him week in, week out, we see the qualities that he has. Um what is it, especially, that you like about him? What what does he bring to to a side?
2: Yeah, as as Owen was saying, I'd say Liverpool's probably the best because it's he's obviously like uh, defen like more the like he's a midfielder, obviously more defensive, and um he can break up the player really well. He's strong, um he's intense, like he gets stuck in. He he is a top player. He's, it's mod. He was signed for four million, and I know United were heavily linked to him as well. Didn't get him. Um, I actually I don't think he'll go in January. I think he'll stay. And I think he'll go in the summer. I see Chelsea are in for him. And uh, Liverpool and Newcastle. But Brighton are a good side. And they have a good manager. So I could see him staying. But as you, you were saying. He's, he's a very good player. And he'll improve any of them sides. Uh, Arsenal are also in for him. But he obviously he probably won't start at Arsenal. like Because they have party in there. So they probably not start. But... He's obviously just going to bring that physicality that, and I think Liverpool is probably maybe the best spot for him.
0: Fair enough, lad. Fair enough. Owen, oh, obviously a player like Cassato, he is well regarded um, around the Premier League and and the World Cup did him massive favours where he didn't look out of place against some of, some of the best midfielders in the world. Um, what sort of realistic fee do you think would need to be paid to get a player like Cassato out of Brighton?
3: Um. Look, at, in today's market, you have the notion what players going to cost. Like you see Real Madrid spending ninety million on somebody that you never heard of from the Brazilian league. Um, I reckon if a team like like Liverpool say came in with a bid in around fifty million or so, I reckon that would be enough to make Bright- Brighton jump on it. Like to sign him for four million, they're going to make a tidy profit on him. Um, I kind of great, a bit with Connor though. but I could see him staying past January. Obviously, when a player changes his agent. That's obviously transfer talk there, but I do feel that he will stay with Brighton through January and it'll be more of a summer move will be coming for him.
0: Totally fair enough, lad. Totally fair enough. Look, Owen, I'm going to stay with you here as well. Um, A lot of rumours doing the rounds at the minute that... um, Celtic's own Josip Juranovic, um, could be on the move this January for a fee of in round fifteen to twenty million pounds. The current sides that are being linked: Liverpool, Manchester United, Newcastle United, and Chelsea. They're the, they're the sides that are that are interested in Juranovic at the minute. Look, you know him better than anybody else. So when you watch him on a week in week out basis, tell me about Juranovic. What does what what does he offer in the Premier League?
3: Well, hopefully them clubs' TVs weren't working on Monday there and didn't see him against Rangers. Um, <laughs> That's what I going to say. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame a uh, left-back. <laughs> no, don't blame him left-back. Funny, he has actually played left-back a bit for Satic before and he was actually done quite well on it. Look at, Juranovic is great going forward. Um He, su- he really suits the way Satic play with their inverted full-backs. And, uh, it's a of play that I think will transfer to the Premier League. Look at He's seen it in the World Cup. He was fantastic against Brazil. Um, he's He can score goals. He's a great penalty taker. Um, his, his delivery is decent. Um, it's not his best trait, but he can put in a decent cross. Defensively, he, he is sound. It maybe is a weak part of his game, but when you're playing for a team like Celtic, uh, especially in the Scottish League, you don't really have to do that much defending. So he would suit a team that is going to have a lot of the ball and be able to push on teams. So, I don't think he would suit the likes of a Newcastle, who are built more in that um, structural defence, being strong at the back, being patient at the back, and being condensed at the back. But a more attacking team, like, I know United are linked to him, and Ten Hag wants to play that way with his team pressing and controlling the ball. He'd suit a team like that very well.
0: Yeah, Look, I think your analysis is totally spot on there, Oren. Oren, Connor, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question, both as, as Man United fans. Look, obviously there was a lot of talk that Aaron Wambasaka was going to possibly leave the club in January. Recent performances would maybe tell you that maybe that's not going to be the case. But look, if it was to happen and Wambasaka was to go out on loan um, to, to Crystal Palace or Wolves, they're the two main sides that are linked with him at the minute. Would the two of you be happy with Juranovic coming in for 15, 20 million? Or do you think United would be better off keeping wan and maybe looking at options in the summer? Oran, I'll go to you first and then Connor, you take over straight after.
1: Um, Well, like I've watched a lot of Celtic living with 0-1. <laughs> You you generally get to watch a lot of Celtic matches. uh, You also get to watch a
0: lot of um, self deprecating violence where that man likes to punch himself (laughs) repetitively when Celtic are not doing that.
3: I don't punch myself anymore. I punch (laughs) the sofa. There's a difference. (laughs) Um, Well, I've lived
1: with the one for three years, so I've seen a lot of Celtic. um, And
3: you lived through that Neil Lennon season.
1: And I did live through that Neil Lennon season. (laughs) That was kind of the first season I I properly watched Celtic. But look, Juranovic, he's he's been a standout performer for Celtic. Obviously, there's been a few hiccups here and there, but um, he proved himself to be playing in the third, the team that finished third in the World Cup this year, and he was playing in right back for Croatia the entire World Cup, and he he had a brilliant World Cup in fairness too. Um, Yes, look, don't get me wrong, I think Wambisaka is playing very, very well at the minute, and ideally I think it would probably keep Wambasaka. Um however if Juranovic did come in and was uh left, wouldn't disappoint me either. Um the only thing that does worry me a wee bit about Juranovic is he's gonna cost you fifteen to twenty five million, um and he is twenty seven I think. Um yeah. probably on the cusp of twenty eight. Um and I think for that money there is other options. Another former Celtic right back in Jeremy Frimpong, has been linked for around the same price and he's in his early 20s and playing very well for Barad Leverkusen. So I think that might be a better option and he would fit Ten Hag's style of play a bit more because he's quite attacking. And of course, he's Dutch, so that's always a good link to have as well. But look, if you're did come into Man United, I definitely <laughs> would not be disappointed.
2: Yeah, I would probably... I'd probably keep Wan-Bissaka, to be honest, because I think although going forward he hasn't been, he's not as great obviously as, as like obviously like Adalo or Juranovic But I think he, I think he's good just to have as a backup. Maybe if we need like a defensive right back, because I think Dalo will come back in the team and he is good at getting forward and at the back. I think United aren't going to spend much money in January, so I'd probably keep the funds and put it into a striker, which we need more and. Uh, as Oren was alluding to I was thinking more like a fring pong a younger probably a bit more exciting player obviously Joranovic had a good World Cup done very well especially against Brazil but I think it's worth the risk of waiting to the summer and putting the money into a striker Fair enough
0: Fair enough Alright lads I'm going to finish up with one last transfer (coughs) confirmed transfer by the way Um, a month ago or two months ago when the interview was done this man said for me the next move is not about the money (laughs) I still have a lot to give at the top European level. He's now signed for a side in Saudi Arabia. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, comical, honestly. Fuck you, Ronaldo. <laughs> so, Oren. I know he's been a stupidly. Like. <laughs> I'll come to you first. Cristiano Ronaldo has signed for Al Nasser in Saudi Arabia. It's come with a lot of controversy. It's the biggest football contract of all time. What do you make of it? Was there still a place for him at Man United, do you think? Could he have fulfilled a role? And why ultimately has he ended up in Saudi Arabia?
1: There was definitely a place for him at Man United before he done that interview. Um, but he, he made his bed and he can lie on it. Um, he's made a horrible decision, uh, footballing-wise, and to the great Cristiano that we, we knew, I think he's let himself down. Um, but then again, he's making a bag. he's earning 517 thousand pounds a day. Um, but I just don't understand. like he, he keeps saying that uh, it was it wasn't money uh, motivated and that <laughs> um, he wants to he genuinely wants to show people that the Saudi League's really competitive and all this here. First of all, in his first interview as an officer player, he got the country's name wrong. And said that he's so excited to be playing in South Africa. <laughs> Good man, Ronaldo. You're in, getting paid £517,000 cool. 517, 517, a day. And you can't even get the country right. I was going to say, if Daston, how many...
2: Did he name like three teams in the league? I bet you he couldn't even do it. He hasn't a clue about that legally. Like, yeah. no. Shab- oh, exactly.
1: It's
0: money motivated. Al Shabab. Al oh, sir. There you go. There's three Saudi Arabian teams for you, lads.
1: He, um no, he's let himself down, and uh, to be honest, he's let me down as a, as a fan of Cristiano Ronaldo all my life. Um, yeah, no, it, whatever happens with the rest of Ronaldo's career, I honestly
0: could not give a fuck. Fair enough, lad. Fair enough, Connor. Look, it's it is the biggest football contract of oh, all ever. I sorry
1: to interject. Sorry to interject. I do just want to say, I I will always recognize what he's done for Manchester United, and I think he'll always be a legend of the club, I just do want to state that, but yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. you're 100% lad, you're 100%, Um, I, to be honest, Warren, I, look, I would be inclined to agree with you as well, like, I'm not taking anything away from what he's done at Manchester United in both stints. Um. For me, though, um, I think Ronaldo probably will always be remembered more as a Real Madrid player. Um, I think that's just where he played his best football, to be honest. And I think the iconic white shirt, um, I think, will always be synonymous with Cristiano Ronaldo. But, Connor, look, I'll come to you with this one. Um, Obviously, look, it's, it's the biggest football contract that we've ever seen. He is 38 years of age now. Did it make sense for him personally or do you still feel like maybe there was more to give in competitions like the Champions League um, and, and in one of Europe's top five leagues?
2: Um, I definitely think he made the, the wrong decision, to be honest, like with United, first of all. Uh, I think he could have easily just played for United to the end of the season. He would have got opportunities in the team. Like United do need a striker. He would have definitely got opportunities, so I don't understand why he'd done the interview. Um, I see. Like even Mendes has come out now. I think they're kind of parting ways as agent because he couldn't believe he'd done it either, and he just backstabbed a lot of people. Uh, I think it's a terrible move. I th- I honestly think he he talks about oh, all all these opportunities in Europe. I don't think he had as as much as he thought he was going to have when he'd done that interview. And I think he basically was at a point where he was the pro. He's probably offered, you know, he maybe maybe offered by uh, like Sporting Lisbon. They said they didn't even want them. So I don't know who was out there looking him, to be honest, and if he was going to go anywhere, he's going to have to take a pay cut, and he probably wasn't willing to do that, uh, I just don't see why he's went there, to be honest, obviously, money is probably the main reason, but, it, it obviously he's one of the best players of all time, unbelievable player from Man United, one of our best players ever, uh, Real Madrid, won the three Champions Six in a row, I don't think his legacy's tarnished. tarnished, uh, but, I do think it was the wrong choice, and, I think his ego's kind of got in the way. He's 38 now. He needed to understand his role a bit more at Man United. And I think he's made a major, major mistake. And I think he will look back on it and think, why did I do that? Because as you can see, United now, we're getting a bit better under Ten Hag. And he could have been part of that. And he could have actually been a leader in that team and an influence on the younger players. But he just chose to go down the other way, do an interview with Pierce Morgan against what he was told probably by Mendes, it seems to be and uh, now he's in Saudi Arabia and good luck to him to be honest good luck to him he probably couldn't even name three teams as I said in that league Uh, he'll probably leave as soon as he he can get the chance because he probably doesn't realise how bad that league is Uh, I'm not here to slate the Saudi league but a player of Ronaldo's calibre and legacy should not be playing in the Saudi league and I think he probably should still be at Man United but he's made his bed and good luck to him
0: Owen obviously you are like myself a big Cristiano Ronaldo fan.
3: Yeah, love the man.
0: This is a bit of a it is a bit of a strange move really. Um you know considering you know all the talk was he was holding out for a team in the Champions League to come in for him. Look in terms of his overall legacy has it been tarnished now with this move to Saudi Arabia? Look, obviously, he's not kicked a, he's not kicked a ball in Saudi Arabia yet, and he is probably going to score tons of goals within that league. But compared to his biggest rival and Lionel Messi, who has just won a World Cup and is going to sign an extension with PSG and probably going to win the Champions League this year, probably going to win the Ballon d'Or as well, has this sort of ruined the legacy of Ronaldo?
3: I don't think it's ruined his legacy. Look at there's a sour taste in everybody's mouth because it's happened now, but in a couple uh, excuse me, in a couple of years people are just gonna remember Cristiano Ronaldo for what he done in the Champions League, for the bicycle kick against Juventus, the goals he scored, the trophies he's won. I'm kinda Dorman touched on a wee bit there. I think this Ronaldo made this move because nobody else wanted him. The offer from was on the table for a good couple of weeks before Ronaldo signed it. Obviously, as offer's come in. Ronaldo's been waiting for somebody to come in, and somebody hasn't come in. And that's how he's ended up in Saudi Arabia. I've seen, interestingly enough, the contract uh, actually extends for him to be an ambassador for Saudi Arabia's bid for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Saudi Arabia's building for the 2030 World Cup, and obviously they're putting a lot of faith in Ronaldo being the face of that bid look at Saudi Arabia has a plan they're planning that having Ronaldo in this league will get people watching this league increase the popularity of the league and increase the attractiveness of Saudi Arabian's football and um, so on Saudi Arabia's part because obviously a lot of this I assume a lot of this is state funded and um, it's a great move for them look at the likes of David Beckham went to the MLS Towards the end of their career, like Cristiano Ronaldo is thirty eight years of age, he is at the end of his career, and Messi two years younger than them. A lot can happen in two years. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance in two years' time, Messi will probably be playing in the MLS because he's talked about it before. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's tarnished his legacy. I think at the minute it's recency bias, and everybody said, "Oh, he's ruined his legacy. Oh, he'll always he'll, he's not even in the top ten best players of the world, and all this. He's still." He's, the Messi's probably the best of all time. He's still, at the end, the second best of all time. It's not a place to be. So, look at in in time, people will kind of forget about this part of Ronaldo's career and just remember him for the goals and the trophies and everything else he's won and the records he's set.
0: Fair enough, lads. Fair enough. Honestly, love those takes from you Um, Look, I think that's going to wrap us up for for this episode. Um, Thank you so much for listening to our second transfer special. Like I said, on the bottom end's extra, we are going to be keeping you up to date every single week of the January transfer window with the latest rumours, confirmed transfers, and just having a, a general natter about what we think of said transfers join us on the parlay sports app that's p-r-l-y sports on the apple app store you can join in have a conversation with us have a conversation with some of the biggest football creators out there you can only find that at the minute unfortunately on the apple app store the guys at parlay they're working on trying to get it on on android now for um for this year for 2023 if you haven't already, please listen to um, Wednesday's Premier League episode. Um, we, we, we had a really good episode, lads, where um, per McYardle, you weren't there, lad, but you <laughs> you, you got to rinse in that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
3: still stand by it, and I will stand by it.
0: Fair enough, lad. You were wrong. <laughs> I was wrong.
3: I was wrong. Am
0: Look, fair enough, wrong. lad. Look, if if you haven't already, please go and check out our latest Premier League episode. That's up on YouTube, Spotify, all the all the top podcasting um spots. Um look, like like we said in in our previous episode, we are number one hundred and twenty-one in the UK's top. Um, sports podcasts we really want to break into that top 100 for the year of 2023 so please 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 just keep streaming and keep supporting us the way you have been it, it's so appreciated guys um, we will have an episode out for you on Monday and the next in our Premier League installment where we will be reviewing the games that have happened um, from Monday night Tuesday night Wednesday night and tonight. Um, we're recording this on a Thursday so Man City and Chelsea have just finished playing Um, so that's when our next Premier League episode will be out and listen thank you so much for listening thank you for the support and as always keep it bottom bins thank you very much
1: thank you boys Thanks. thanks